This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome back to Case Closed. Thanks for joining me this Wednesday for another hour of old-time radio crime. We'll begin this week with Let George Do It. We'll hear his episode from December 19, 1949, titled Follow That Train. After that, it's Kidnap from Nightwatch, their episode from November 11, 1954. Personal notice, stage is my stock and trade. If the job's too tough for you to handle, you got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details. Standard Oil Company of California, on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West, invites you to Let George Do It. Follow that train, another adventure of George Valentine. Dear Mr. Valentine... I need your help. There are some things that I I want most desperately. Well, what I want is the following. A green electric train with a real whistle and blue and yellow observation car. A jump-up turtle that snaps at you. An atomic rocket gun M1 non-automatic. A yo-yo. And a pair of skates. Signed, Santa Claus. Oh, now, wait a minute. What kind of a game? that's the way the letter is signed, George. I suppose it's postmarked North Pole. Uh Uh-huh. What? Well, I mean, the letter is inside. It's engraved with a picture of the North Pole and... uh, uh Uh-oh. In small print, it says, Local Branch Office, Gumpert's Department Store. Right here. See? Oh, those shoppers. There must be millions of yeah, them. Yeah, hang on to me now. Oh, watch the umbrella, lady. Oh, come on. Let's get out of here, Angel. It was nothing but a gag, the whole thing. Letter from Santa Claus. Publicity style, Oh, baby. that's my oh. foot you're walking on, bud. Okay, Buster, but get those packages out of my... Hey! Riley! Well, <laughs> hello. Hello, Miss Brooks. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Why are you here, Lieutenant, buying stockings for your wife? Ah, uh, handkerchiefs this year. <laughs> No, no, it's the policeman's charity down at the orphanage. Say, uh, you coming? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, some of the stuff turned over to us was broken. Got to get a new motor on this thing, see? You mean people give toys for charity that aren't any good? Well, I grant you this item was... uh, Well, you see, me and some of the boys were playing with it down at the office, and uh, uh, it broke. Hey, wait a minute. I like the train motor, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and it's got the slickest blue and yellow observation car you ever saw. It's still on my desk. Sergeant Del Valle is fixing the wheel. Yeah, let me see the rest of that package. Huh? This hey, wait a minute. You're messing the wrappings. How should I hey, know? Who sent it? Oh, it's just a box of new presents, that's all. Somebody just dumped it off at headquarters. It's nice stuff. George, the electric train. Huh? Jump-up thing that's dressed like a turtle. Yeah. Atomic rocket gun, yo-yo, and a pair of skates. Yes, Angel, exactly the presents Santa Claus wants. Exactly huh? the things in the letter. Hmm. 
No, 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 no. You misunderstand. All those men you saw dressed in Santa Claus suits go outside. Yes, they work on the streets for blocks around collecting money for charity. You mean ringing a bell and saying, buy your gifts at Comforts. Well, people are used to commercials. But really, you know, sometimes even I don't know how many there are. The agency always seems to send one more than we need. Yes, but look, inside. Is there only one Santa Claus inside? Well, but of course. His name is Joe Smith, the most reliable young man. Uh, a young Santa Claus? Well, he looks the part, all right. Oh, he's the real one. He's been with us several years now. The children all believe in him. Well, then he's the guy we want to see. Uh, perhaps if you would tell me why we don't allow adults inside North Pole. You know, there's a fence around it, naturally. Please, I'm a busy man. Here, here's my calling card. Yes, Oh, of course, Lieutenant. It's easier if you slip through the credit department here. This side door. Watch your step. That's supposed to be an ice floor. All right, all right, all right. I'll uh, I'll get the answer to this for you, Valentine. There's nothing to it. I'll just uh, open the... What the... Oh, all right, little girl. Come on, Oh, North Pole. We couldn't get in there today. Well, I guess maybe we'd better shut the door. Uh, <clears throat> Valentine, maybe we got to forget. Riley, the, uh... let me have that package, would you? Huh? And you, what does this Joe Smith eat his lunch? Why, he eats at home, I believe. Uh-huh. And his address is 17 West Federal. That's near here. It's one of the side streets. Okay, thanks. Valentine, wait a minute. Those presents are... Riley, up. what would you do if you got a letter from Santa Claus? Well, I'll grant you I'm still curious myself, but... Okay, uh... you can have your electric train after lunch. Huh? Now, maybe this is crazy, but I don't want anybody disappointed at Christmas time. Especially St. Nick. Buy your gifts at Gumbert's. Merry Christmas. 17 West. There it is, George, across the street. Yeah, the brownstone, huh? Boarding house, maybe. Hey, look at the signs in the window. You want a job? I'll find it. Let Louie place you. One-armed employment agency. Seasonal employment especially. George... Maybe it's the place that hires all the Santa Clauses. Yeah, maybe. Only the guy said that's where Joe Smith lives. So, let's get across here, Angel. All right. It's all right. I got the package. Hey, look out for the taxi. Jump, Angel. Oh, boy, was that close. Yeah. Well, thanks for the warning, Santa. Darling, look, the driver stopped. Why don't you watch where you jaywalk, Mac? Now, look, Buster, you might watch where you drive for a change. Oh, yeah, I seen you start gazing at the sun. Maybe it'll help you to get bumped once or twice. Vice versa, Buster. I can oblige you. Yeah, you and who else? Show him, boy. Bad enough a man should be a Samaritan. He shouldn't strain his heart doing it. No, no, Hilda. His feet on the couch, not under him. Yes, Mr. Louis. He might break his leg. You want he should sue us? No, Mr. Louis. Oh, my back. There we are. Men my age carrying bums off the street. Hey, where am I? It's Mr. Louis' house, sir. I'm the cook, Hilda, and I saw you lying out on the street. Louis' house. Oh. Oh, the employment agency. It won't do any good to sew us. Well, this is where Santa... I mean, Joe Smith lives, isn't it? Oh, no, no, sir, no. <laughs> Joe Smith lives. That does it. 
I break my back like a Samaritan for instance. But Joe Smith is my boyfriend, that's all, sir. I mean, he lives in a cheap little hotel, but this is a better act. Lives here, that's all I need, a worthless bum. Every time I turn my back, he's eating my meals. Every time I go out, he's sneaking in. Okay, okay, you don't like your cook's boyfriend, skip it. I was carrying a package. A package? (laughs) Now he thinks we're stealing. What package? And wait a minute. Where is she? Where's Miss Brooks? Who? The girl. The girl who was with me out there on the street when some guys jumped us. Where is she? (laughs) You pick up a bum, what happens? How should we know? Here's a guy on the street, Hilda says. He's all alone. What girl? So she's disappeared. Maybe even kidnapped. I'm just as worried as you are. Only will you please... Those guys jumped us. She's not maybe kidnapped, right? I've she... got every man on the force searching for her. What else can I do? I look, if you could only remember... I what... don't know what they look like. Just a taxi driver. Some guys that happened too fast. Wait, uh, what about that Santa Claus? You said saved you from getting run over. No, no, he was way across the street. Oh, yeah? Well, listen, I had a man check the people on the street, and he says there wasn't any Santa Claus there at all on the Okay, street. okay, it's a riddle. I don't care. All I want is to find Brooksy. Valentine, will you please let us do the job we can do best? Will you please stay with that electric train and... Riley, you can take that electric train, and you know what you... Look, do. get smart, will you? It was stolen from you. That's why you were attacked. Only listen. Were the wires made of platinum? Was there a crown jewel in the headlights smuggled up on the yo-yo? No, no, me and the boys took every one of those toys apart down here at the office. They were just toys, that's all, toys, worth no more than 50 bucks. Okay, well, you figure it. Uh, Okay, Riley. Gee, Mr. Valentine, I know how you feel. Me and Joe love each other so much, only we can't get married. He only works part-time, driving fruit trucks in the summer and, and being sad in the winter. Mr. Louie won't pay me enough to support both of us. It's no fun being apart. Hilda, let's talk about something else. The only times I see him is when the boss is out. But gee, if a person thought you wouldn't ever see the other person again... Hilda, would you please... Please answer the door. That might be Joe. Coast clear, honey. Uh-huh. Oh, Hilda, baby. Merry Christmas. Joe, Joe, oh. you whiskers. All right, all right, all right. Break it up. I'm George Valentine. Oh, oh, well, how are you, Mr. Valentine? Say, isn't this a swell day, though? Yeah, sure. Now, you're the one who wrote me that letter. Why? Huh? Why did you write it? Santa Claus wants presents. What's the gag? Why those special toys you listed? Oh, it's no gag. They were stolen. Stolen? From the North Pole, I mean, yesterday. Go on. Well, it all started yesterday, Mr. Valentine. A guy I used to know once bumped into me on my way to work. Uh, Mo Dickerson. He asked me could he take my place today as Santa Claus and wear my stuff. What, Joe? No, no. Take it easy, honey. Of course, I said no. I thought it was just a rib. Until last night, I saw some of my toys were missing. And then I get a phone call saying unless I let Mo do what he asked, those toys wouldn't be returned. What's so important about that? Hmm. Well... If they weren't returned, I'd be in trouble. I'm responsible. Nobody's allowed in the North Pole except me and the kids. Not not even store help. Oh, no, I'd be in trouble. Uh-huh. It was Mo's way of pressuring you into doing what he wanted. 
Only I wonder why he wanted to play Santa. And, Joe, if people can't get in there, how did he steal the toys? Gosh, I don't know. I don't know any of those things. I got the kids to think about, Mr. Valentine, and I wanted you to figure out... You don't know where Mo lives either, do you? No, I'm sorry. But he's a skinny guy with a sort of a nosy voice, you know, brown hair and a mole on his ear. Wait a minute. Eyebrows go up, little scar on his cheek? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He drives a taxi sometimes. Taxi. Say, do you sure, know... Sure, sure, I met that guy, and I'd like to meet him again. When was this changeover of his supposed to take place? Uh, today, after lunch. Okay, you're going to make that changeover, Joe. Only with me. <laughs> well, of course, little girl, a dolly will do everything your baby sister does. Don't you worry. Yeah, oh, brother, how many kids are there in this town? All right, Sonny, all right, you're next. Don't push there. Well, now, there's a fine little fella. Up on my knee, that's it. Now, let's see, you wrote me a letter up at the real North Pole. I remember that. <laughs> but you know how those elves can mix up a man's desk. I brought you one. Hey, what's that, Sonny? You'll have to speak louder so Santa can hear what you uh, A letter. I brought it. Here. Hey, let's see your face, kid. Oh, no, you don't. You got your mail. So long, sucker. Hey, wait a minute. Well, I'll be a midget. Dear Santa Claus, you still got your chance to play ball, but open your mouth one inch wider and you'll find yourself stuffed up a chimney with a stocking around your neck. Turn to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. Christmas shopping is usually a happy and exciting affair. But when you have to do a lot of heavy traffic driving all over town, it can get a little rough on your nerves. Rough on your car, too. That is, if you have the wrong kind of gasoline. For perfect traffic performance, just try Chevron Supreme gasoline. It's a premium quality gasoline that gives your car a fast start every time. No delays, no extra strain on your car's battery. Smoother, faster pickup, and ping-free power on hills. Best of all, Chevron Supreme is climate-tailored. Tailored according to weather reports from your area. That's why this gasoline gets the best out of your car in any season, in each different altitude and temperature zone of the West, wherever you drive. In fact, you can't buy a better gasoline for today's high-compression engines. So why not try a tank full of Chevron Supreme tomorrow? Ask for it at standard stations and at independent Chevron gas stations where they say and mean we take better care of your car. And now back to tonight's adventure of George Valentine. You receive a letter for help from Santa Claus. For a while, you even play Santa at the North Pole, local branch office, Gumpert's department store. But in the meantime, your assistant, Claire Brooks, has disappeared. She was kidnapped, and so far, the police haven't located either her or the man who was there at the time, Mo Dickerson. All this and a midget and a note-threatening murder just because of a missing electric train a few other inexpensive toys. Even if your name is George Valentine, you're thoroughly and completely stumped. 
But I don't know whose writing it is, Mr. Valentine. Well, it's addressed to you, isn't it, Joe? It says Santa Claus. And the midget couldn't have known it was Valentine under that makeup. Hey, hey, hey. You jiggle the mirror. <laughs> Burglar alarms, fire alarms, sewer pipes, wires. Is this the best comforts can give you for a dressing room? Well, the basement's better than a restroom. Oh. At least the other employees don't pull your beard all through a ten-minute break. Runner. Now, look, Joe. All I want to uh, know Mr. Valentine, is... of course the note was meant for me. Oh, would you give me those boots and the bell over there? Uh, if there's any danger of being Santa Claus, I'll take it. Oh, I'm not afraid of those guys. But what guys? I tell you, I don't know. Now, listen, fat boy. Somebody's in danger. Oh, Mr. Valentine, I'm sorry about her. I, I do wish I could help. I know how I'd feel if Hilda were. I'll say this simply. Now, that note said, open your mouth one inch wider and you'll find yourself stuffed up the chimney. Okay, let's have that inch. No. I mean, I told you what I can about Mo Dickerson. I did. Joe, it's about you. That's what you're not telling. Look, I've been doing all right for years, you see. It's only happened once and it was a mistake. I'm honest. I drive trucks and it's hard to get jobs sometimes. But I like kids and I'm in love with a girl. I'm making a life for myself. Joe, Joe what was it? That once. Jail. That's why I'm always so afraid of anything questionable happening again. Jail for what, Joe? Stealing. That's it. That's all there is to tell. Uh-huh. I hope the kids don't pummel you like they did. Oh, oh I, I don't mind. I, I like this. Valentine, wait a minute. Where are you going? To catch a thief who could have stolen an electric train. A small thief, Riley. A midget. Trick jobs, Louie. If you can't be very many of them in town, they ought to... Um, tall guys for a water ski in Florida. You uh, who is employment? Now, here, listen. Find a paycheck, so get over here. No. What's what? He's in a... Take the next. Main 8409. The kid who gave me the note. And he must be off the North Pole yesterday. Tell me who he is, then he can prove the rest of the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a job for a radio announcer now. Hey, results. Somebody at the door. Something. I got a commission. Come on, go on. Why? Nah. Oh, it's all right, small fry. Don't worry. Look, dear. Foxy. I want you to meet the most charming. Oh, but you are charming. <laughs> uh, my name is Pelton. Uh, uh, look, Angel, you were kid on the sidewalk. When I came to, you weren't there. And I... Married man, Mr. Valentine. No. George, no. I took the electric train... And the next thing I knew, I was wondering... And there she was, Mr. Valentine. She fainted. Naturally, I... Naturally. Georgie even took me to the emergency hospital. See my bandage? Oh, it's under my head. Mr. Felton, you and who else revived her? Tom and Jerry? I beg your pardon. My darling, once a year, a little nutmeg won't hurt anybody. Oh, George. Hey, but... Come on, Angel. You should have stayed in that hospital. Hilda! Hilda, where are you? Oh, here I am, Mr. Valentine. She can lie down on my bed. I'll take her. Oh, you poor thing. I'll go with you. Oh, great. Well, I guess I ought to be grateful to you, Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you were so alarmed. So are the police. Oh, dear. And me, a married man. Uh, Mr. Valentine, perhaps if there's no further way I could be of assistance. No, hold it. Hey, is this a place phoned about a... Hello, sucker. Let go of me. Put me down, you big boy. Mo. Oh, good heavens. Hey, What's Mo. What's Mo. this? What's, Who? What was this all about? I, Mr. Felton, I, here's your chance to make up. Hold this half fight. Wait, 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 w
I guess you can put the little man down now. He's not going anyplace. What's the meaning of all this? What is it? Shoplifting, I figure. A big guy here used a little guy to try and pressure a Santa Claus. Wanted to borrow a red suit for the afternoon so he could get into Gumpets unnoticed and fill his stomach full of mink coats or something, I suppose. Yes. Only what I don't... Yes, uh, really, Mr. Valentine, that scarcely makes sense. Then I suppose neither will this. Hey, boy. Nice going, boss. <laughs> Thank you, Wiggly. Thank you. Okay, so I am a sucker. What are you going to do about it, Mr. Floaton? Yes, and, and why do you need me? I, I should be cooking supper or, or be upstairs in this brook. Oh, and... stop sniveling, Hilda. They're not going to hurt us. Bombs, that's all. Of course, of course, no one will be hurt. No, no, we don't hurt people. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 Ha-ha. Quite a convention you got on your hands, Floaton. 7.53, boss. Plenty of time, Mo. Uh, relax, Wiggly. Listen to the music. Yeah, you're a big wheel, Felton. That's where I went wrong, figuring it was just shoplifting, isn't it? Just shoplifting would scarcely make sense with all the effort you guys put out over that electric train. I assumed you'd come to your senses, Valentine. Naturally, I had to detain you. I could fix it so he loses those senses again, boss. Don't be so anxious, Mo. But you did want to play Santa Claus. And you keep watching the clock. Something slated for tonight, isn't it? Sure, sure, that's it. At closing time, the guy playing Santa Claus would go down to the basement to take off his makeup. He'd be there late. And the burglar alarm wires are down there. Boss, he talks too much. Why are your gifts at Comforts? That place must take in close to 100000 bucks a day this time of year and can't bank till next morning. Well, you've got a big organization, all right. The man inside the basement blocks the alarm system. The rest of the team goes to work. It's robbery. Big-time organized robbery. I know it. Bums, that's all they are. Oh, shut up, Louie. You're in it yourself. What the... Yeah, you guys sit around acting like you don't know each other. Well, who hires people? Who'd know about that basement dressing room? And why do you think I wanted you to phone midgets today? It was to see if the right midget would take orders from you, Louie, and he did. He came running. And the crackpot way you and Felton picked Miss Brooks and me up after Mo and the boys slugged us. Mr. It... Louie, no. Oh, no, Mr. Louie, Shall no. Shall I kick him into shins for you, boss? Turn that blasted radio off. Mo, you and Wiggly run down to Fred's garage. Pick up a car. Get back here fast. Sure, Louie? Yeah, Louie. Now, 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 cool off, Louie. You've got a bad heart. There's no need. Louie, Smoey, shut up. All day you've been botching. I have not. Just a bit of bad luck. Picking that dame Brooks off the sidewalk. But the boys had hit her too hard. They'd hurt her head. It only seemed decent to... Uh, well, she didn't know what happened, Louie. And, and you yourself brought in Valentine. Samaritans, bums, you and dumb Hilda. I didn't know, Mr. Louie. I, I just saw him lying there. I didn't know you were a criminal. You didn't know nothing. You never do. But you do now. Too much. Yeah, and so do I. Now, you listen, Buster. I finally figured out the electric train, why it's important. It starts out on the North Pole. It was stolen from there. So smart. Only instead of dumping it in an ash can, Felton, you go soft-headed and put it in a charity box where a cop can get hold of it and play around with it in his office, can give it to me. Yeah. Yeah, now I know why it's so important, why you had to have the boys slug me to get it back again. The world is full of bombs. Fingerprints. 
Sure, fingerprints. There's nobody can resist playing with an electric tray. Go ahead, make noises while you can. Now, now, wait a minute, Louis. Of course I'm going to kill him. So I work with bombs. So a big-time robbery gets botched up. I get rid of him, I can still pull it. So I ain't got the burglar alarms fixed. I can still... There's a blue and yellow observation car, Buster. What? You've got that electric train back, all right, but there's a blue and yellow observation car still on my friend, Lieutenant Riley's desk. I've already told him to check it. Every big baby in your gang has probably had his mitts on it. Well, a complete fingerprint roundup is going to make your robbery a little risky, isn't it? It might even make killing me a little risky, too. He's right, Louis. Uh, they'd know who to look for afterwards. You see? It's not practical anymore for Shut us. Shut up, you sissy! What? You botched it up some Martin, playing with toys, turning soft, all of a sudden afraid to take a bump for a ride. Oh, I am not a sissy. But for gosh sakes, don't you realize... Well, it's Christmas. Yeah. And that's Riley. <laughs> You might as well face it, Louis. You'll have to buy your gifts at Gumpert's. Get away from that phone, Valentine. Hilda! Hilda, stop twisting that handkerchief and answer it. Yes, sir. My prints ain't on fire, Valentine, and they ain't on no toys either. <laughs> Not me. Just say Louis ain't here, Hilda. Just that. Yes, sir. Uh, hello? I'm sorry, but Mr. Louis isn't here. <laughs> Christmas. Smithmas. All right, Scrooge. It looks like it's your party. And there's your boys out there. It's an awful black car. Stand still, Fountain. You too, Hilda. In case you got any Rose Bowl tickets you want to get rid of, Valentine. Oh, shut up. Let them in. Let's get going. All right, Mo. Come on. Merry Christmas, baby. Merry... Joe! Uh, what are you talking Get him, Joe! Gee, Mr. Valentine, you knew all the time it would be me on that telephone. Boy, I came tearing. Well, the only times I can see her when she tells me that old bum Louie isn't there. Oh, it's lucky that other Santa Claus told me to phone the minute I got off work. George, at least you'll admit it was lucky that Joe should telephone the minute he got off work at 8 o'clock. Well, I hope that was Joe on the phone. That's why I tried to keep Louie mad, keep him from looking out the window to see who was really coming. Oh. But what about that other time when the Santa Claus practically saved our lives? When that taxi almost ran us down? Yeah, the one who warned us. Lieutenant Riley said there wasn't a Santa Claus on that street. Uh-huh. And in the store, who suggested Joe telephone? There isn't any other Santa Claus inside the store. It's only outside. George, who was it? Well, what's the matter with you, Angel? Don't you believe in Santa Claus? It won't be long now before we celebrate the holiday that is probably everybody's favorite. Stockings will be hung, old Kris Kringle will be stopping on every rooftop, and on Christmas Day there will be happy family gatherings. So, right now, we want to wish you the happiest and brightest Christmas season you've ever known. 
A merry, merry Christmas to you from all of us here in the studio and from the sponsors of Let George Do It, Standard Oil Company of California. Incidentally, this is the fourth Christmas season we've been on the air with you. And once again, independent Chevron dealers and Standard Stations personnel also want to sing out to you, Merry Christmas, have a happy week, a happy holiday, and we'll be seeing you next Monday night. Tonight's adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard Oil Company of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and Standard Stations throughout the West. Robert Bailey is starred as George. Let George Do It is written by David Victor and Jackson Gillis. Virginia Gregg appeared as Brooksy, Wally Mayer as Lieutenant Riley. Barry Dobkin was heard as the executive, John Daner as Joe, Herb Butterfield as Louie, Virginia Eiler as Hilda, Junius Matthews as Felton, and Tony Boris as the midget. The music was composed and presented by Eddie Dunstetter. Your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to Let George Do It. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. This is police headquarters. Irish. Here, all Irish. At the booking desk? I'm all Irish. Young boy, 16, 17 years old. Officers having a difficult time to restrain him. officers picked him up. Uh, he's been blasting marijuana. No, he's trying to even talk to him now. Oh, brother, he's really blowing his top. Now, that stuff really makes him crazy. Come on in the bureau, Don. I've got a quick report to make, and then we'll get out in the field. Okay, right behind you. This is Don Reed, a police recorder. Tonight you're going with Detective Unit 5-6 on the tour of the Night Watch. The crew, Sergeant Ron Perkins and his partner, Officer Arch Cameron. And while you're with us tonight, remember that boy in the other room. The people you meet, they're not actors. I'm going to make a report for us, then we'll take off. This is it. This is real. This is Night Watch. Sergeant Perkins. Uh, Sergeant, are you busy? No, what do you got? Uh, I'll bring her right in. All right. Don, you better stick around. Might have a kidnapping. Night Watch. The actual on-the-scene report of your police force in action. There are no actors. There is no script. Every voice, every sound is authentic. The investigations are recorded as they actually occur. Night Watch. Presented with the cooperation of the Police Department of Culver City, California... W.N. Hildebrand, Chief. We switch you now back to police headquarters and to police recorder Don Reed. 
coming in the office. The woman who claims somebody has stolen her baby. Detective Ross. Kingston. Can you tell us now just, just what happened? What what the circumstances are? Well, he came by. He asked me my business. Who is he? Just a friend of ours. I've known him quite a while. All right. And what happened? Okay, he asked us would we go and go with him to take some people to Santa Monica to the beach. And I told him, yes, just me and my baby. How old is your baby? My baby's one year and six months old. All right. Today. So, we went, so coming on back, he said, uh, you come in a way. You didn't have to come. I said, well, you can put me out right here. He said, if you keep talking to me, I will put you out here. I said, well, just put me out. So, he, 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 and before he got there, he hit me. And cursed, you know, and he cursed, and he hit me. My baby was asleep, laying on my lap. So I said, well, just let me out. And he stopped the car. He didn't stop it. He just stopped and told me, what are you going to do to me? And I got out. Baby was just crying in the top voice. He ran back and got in the car and drove on off. Sleep my baby? Yeah, the baby was crying. Baby's in the car. He's crying. Where's your husband, ma'am? My husband? Yes. I don't have a husband. You divorced her? No, we not divorced. We separated in 1940s. Seven. Forty-six. All right, would you give us a description of the baby, please? How old is the baby? A year and a half? The baby's a year and six months old. And a boy or girl? And he's a boy. And uh, where does this man live? Well, I just really tell you, I don't know where he lives here, there, and everywhere. I don't know where he lives. What kind of a car does he have? Listen, listen I said it was a 51 Buick, but his uh, 52 or 53 Buick. 52 or 53 Buick? That's right. A sedan, a coupe, or what? I tell you, it's a sedan, but it's not a four-door. It's a two-door sedan. That's right. What color is it? It's blue. Light or dark? Well, I would say it's a, it's not too dark and it's not too light. Kind of a medium shade of blue. That's right. It's all one color, not two tones. That's no. Dark. Now, how old a man is this man? This man is about 50 years old, 51 or 52 years old, but he goes for 43. He looks when the last time he got arrested, they told me in Boyle Heights that he was 43. He has been arrested before. Yeah, oh yeah. Do you have any idea where you might go with the baby now? No, I don't. When you got out of the car, the baby was still in the car. Sure, he was still in the car. What's his mental condition? Is he mentally all right? Does he have, in other words, is he uh, is he normal up here? Well, he's supposed to be, but he drinks heavy. He drinks Was he drinking today? Yeah. What are you going to do with my baby? I don't know. Do you believe that it might be just a mistake that he forgot that the baby was there in the car? How could he forget when the baby was hollering? It's a good question. He didn't forget. What I want to know, did he but go he... out of his head and do something <clears throat> to that baby to stop him from hollering? He is normal mentally. He's a nervous type. Jim, you want to take her out to the car? We'll be out in a minute. Um, what do you make of this, Steele? I don't know, Don. She's not reacting like a mother should that's lost her baby. No. Of course, it might be because she's been drinking. Oh, he's been drinking pretty good, too, has he? Yeah. That makes me think the baby's in real danger. Of course, he's got a police record. Let's uh, check R&I and see if we can get his last known address. R&I, please. Well, somewhere in the back of a car we have a baby that's missing. 
It may be well taken care of, and it may not. Regardless, we have to find him. Well, it's getting pretty close to dawn of a new day right now. So far, in looking for the suspect with the baby, we've had considerable luck, although it's been bad. It seems he's never living or staying anywhere over a night or two. Consequently, we got his last known address from the record bureau and have trailed him from rooming house to rooming house to motel back to rooming house. So far, it seems we've covered about half the distance of Los Angeles County. However, at the last place, we did pick up the suspect's mother's address, and we're en route to that location right now. The mother of the child has been riding in the back seat with us all night. Should be within a few houses. It's pitch dark, no street lights, flashlights on the curb numbers. Yeah, well, this is it. Here we are. This should be where the mother of the suspect lives. Let's see what we can find out. Can you tell us where your son lives? No, I sure don't know. You have any idea? No, I don't. Well, it's very important we get in touch with him. Do you know how we can get reach him? I don't know. I don't even know why he's saying no phone number or nothing. How about his? How about your daughter? Would she know? I don't know. Do you know anybody at all that we can get in touch with to reach him? I don't know. I'm tell you, I don't know. Uh huh. Mm. Okay, ma'am. Thank you. If uh, if you should locate him, would you tell him to get in touch with the Culver City Police right away? Oh, if I get in touch with him? Yes, if you have to run across him. Well, if I run across him, if I run across him, I don't think I'm going to run across him, though. Well, if you do, will you tell him that, please? Well, we didn't gain too much information. Another lead or two. We'll keep right on hammering them out, heading back to our car. We'll keep right on checking out more addresses. It's getting very late now. Out toward the east. Almost the first light of dawn. Mother of the baby waiting in the back seat. Anxious to see if we have any news. Well, you just sit back and relax. Yeah, I do the best I can. My baby's never been away from me of 15 minutes. Just out like this since he's been in the world. Well, we'll find him. Control 1 to 5 6. Can you read Control 1? 5 6, Roger. Go ahead. 5 6. RI reports they have located the address of the sister of the suspect at 2432 Northeastern Avenue. That's 2432 Northeastern Avenue in East Los Angeles. You want to check this out? Uh, Roger. 
Uh, you might advise the watch commander. We haven't uh, come up with anything yet. We'll check out the sister's house right now. We've uh, swung clear over to East Los Angeles now. We made good time. Nobody but a couple of milkmen on the streets this time of the morning. Just located the house where the sister of the suspect lives. Turning around now to park out in front. Arch, you want to cover the rear? Our partner, Arch Cameron, going around to cover the rear. Sergeant Perkins, mother of the youngster. Three of us going up the front door. We got somebody out. Hello, uh, police officers. Mm-hmm. Do you know where your brother is? Uh, no, I don't. Do you have any idea? No. Where is he living? I don't know where, I don't know where he lives. And we have a kidnapping. We want to know where your brother is. I don't know about it. If we find anybody withholding information, they're going to jail. Well, I guess well, you're right. Well, where do you she think the baby is? Up. If I knew where the baby, I'd tell you, because I'm tired of this mess. I'm tired, too. She knows she got so much confidence in him. She knows there ain't no harm. He is doing it. I ain't got no confidence. He's never taken my baby away. Baby, I ain't got no confidence in him. Yes, you have to. Well, you know, I get in there, you're going to score on down to get him out like you did before. Get him out of, like I did before, when yeah, I yeah. never got that many out of him. Yes, you have. Yeah, when he stabbed you, you wouldn't got him out of him. When he yes. stabbed me? You wouldn't press no charges against him. He never stabbed me. Where's his wife? I don't know where she is. You she knows she's just not telling you. She uh, knows where let, she lives. Let me, let me explain something to you. Just I want so we understand each other. Did I it? know that if I withhold anything, I'm just as guilty as uh, he is. Uh-huh. Got no place very fast there. Sergeant Perkins putting the mother of the missing boy in the car. You know, um, just between you and I and the gatepost, if that guy is going to, even if he doesn't harm the child, if he happened to be really drunk, locks that kid in the car. That's what I'm afraid of. But the window's sealed. Baby will be all right till it starts getting hot. Yeah. It's going to start getting light very shortly. Well, where's my partner? And he's still staked down the back. Oh, boy, we're not any farther now than when we started. Are we? 
Yeah, we've talked to a lot of people. Mm. Well, we might as well take the mother home. Maybe something will turn up in the meantime. Yeah, let's hope so. Listening to Night Watch and following the activities of a detective unit on its tour of duty. Remember, the people and sounds you are hearing are real, and the investigations are recorded in the field as they actually occur. We'll bring you the final results of tonight's action at the conclusion of Night Watch. Now, right now is the time to sit down and write that letter to that serviceman you know. Letters from home and friends to servicemen are important, vitally important as a morale factor to the men overseas. This is particularly true in isolated installations where the arrival of mail is one of the very few daily diversions. While we are providing American servicemen overseas with the finest weapons and equipment in the world, the spirit of each man is based on his morale, and his morale is based in large on the letters he gets from home. Let us never give the men in our armed forces the impression they are being forgotten, that we're too busy to sit down for five or ten minutes and write. Don't just write a letter to a serviceman. Write to the one you know personally. That letter will really mean something, because it'll be a tie with the folks back home. So write a letter to a relative or friend overseas in the armed forces. Think of him, and put some of those warm thoughts down on paper. He'll appreciate it, and you'll feel better for having written. And now we switch you to Detective Unit 5-6, somewhere in the field, and your police recorder, Don Reed. Getting the mother of the missing baby back to her apartment. It's a uh, housing project. No elevators. This makes the tense time since we started this case. We had to climb to the third or fourth floor. According to my count, it's 11. Yeah, could be. Well, it's broad daylight now. We can put the flashlights away. Get some rest. How are you going to know? Will they call you if you bring them or if you get in? We've got a broadcast all over the county of Los Angeles. All the police cars, all the departments. We get back, the day crew will take over and work until we come back on again tonight. So you just try to get some sleep. Okay. I did the best I can, but you you don't believe you did anything to the baby, huh? No, I don't think so. Why? He wouldn't want to do it. Why would he want to do it? Hurt the baby. I don't think he's hurt the baby. I don't think you have to worry about that. Look, you've been up all night. You go and get some sleep. We'll take care of it. We'll find the child. And bring the baby to me up. Let me know where to get him. We'll let you know just as soon as we find him. Okay? Okay, I'll do the best I can. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Well, at least it's downhill going back. I wish I could believe what I told that woman. Must be an answer to it somewhere. It beats me what it is. Yeah. How about a cup of coffee? Maybe that'll give us an idea. Ceilings. The voice sort of booms, like talking in a tunnel. An office here on the right. Little boy sitting on the desk, custody of a matron. No doubt that's the little fellow we've been looking for. Sergeant Ward and Detective Walter leaning on the desk, talking to the suspect. He's elderly, gray-haired. A kind expression on his face that matches. Just one thought. This this is the suspect we've been looking for all night. And uh, she was drinking before we left. She bought, we bought more drinks. All right, so she started an argument with me and she started cussing in the car on the way back home now. On Slaughter. She started cussing me out. And she saw her walking, started scratching me. Well, you know, started scratching in the baby's hand in the middle. And so I pull over to the side. Started pulling over to the side. Oh, she threatened to jump out of the car before I even stopped the car. And I pull over to the side. And when I pull over to the side to stop the car, while well, she was fighting me, and she got out of the car and started going to some people's residence to use the phone. You see? For what reason, I don't know. She's just drunk. She's crazy when she's drunk. So I got to, went on back and got this baby, and then brought him down here to the police station here. You see, my, see, if I, the reason I didn't want to take him to the police station last night was this. I knew she was drunk, and the minute they find her in the condition she was in, see, they're going to take that baby away from her. See, I know that. In fact, the is the baby should be taken away from her. That's the truth. I'll tell you what to do. If I'm lying, I hope God may paralyze me. You can go to her, take me to her house right now. She didn't have nothing to eat. I've got fish there for, chickens for her in her icebox. 
and bought bread and gave her money. And I got a pocketbook out there. She didn't have no money, and I gave her a dollar, and the dollar's still in the pocketbook. But the woman is absolutely empty when she gets drinking. She's the best woman in the world when she's not drinking. I pushed her away from me when she went on the time to stop the car. And I noticed that uh, when I pushed her, she said, you know, she's treacherous, very treacherous when she gets a drink. She gets drunk, you understand? She ne- I got a witness why she have uh, throw that baby on the floor and, and people will testify to that where the baby, they, they were so afraid the baby, she's going to kill that baby. They, they want to send, they want to turn her up herself. Did you have any intentions of keeping the baby away oh, from Oh, no, it's not my baby. No, it's not my baby. No, I should say not. Did you make any attempt to contact the Culver City Police Department? I sure didn't, because I didn't even know what location I was in. But the Kurt, I didn't see outside a minute. Oh, okay. I don't think that uh, we've got anything on this fellow to book him on. Uh, yeah, there's no intent and apparently no motive on it. I think that uh, it's probably accounts for the strange reaction the mother has had several times. I'm with you, Bert. Well, look, uh, let's take the child back to its mother and uh, take this fellow with us and let him explain it to her. Good deal. into the housing project to the home of the mother of this missing child. In the back, our gray-haired suspect for the youngster on his lap. The mother spotted us coming down the stairs. Kids playing baseball out here in the yard. Well, thank you so much. That takes care of that. He's quite a boy. Yeah, he's a sweet thing. I've never been away from my baby that long. Well, call him. She doesn't want to prefer any charges against you. Come on, we'll run you home. What you have just heard is real, recorded as it actually happened on The Night Watch. And now back to police headquarters and Chief W.N. Hildebrand. Tonight's investigation of the missing child is a small sample of the man hours of police work that seldom come to the attention of the general public. Potentially, a crime had been committed. But after an all-night investigation, it turned out to be a series of mistakes and bad judgment on the part of the suspects. Nevertheless, the officers had to press the search. Anything could have happened. A 
Although no formal arrests were made, the Juvenile Bureau conducted a thorough investigation of the home conditions of the mother and the child. When a scriptwriter creates a plot, he is well aware of the ending, but the events on Night Watch are recorded as they happen. As you heard, when the morning hour came on, with no sign of the missing child, a natural anxiety began to build up among the officers. This is my point. There is no way of predicting in advance the outcome of a real police investigation. To help you understand this and the part you play in making your local police department an effective organization is the reason for Night Watch. Thank you, Chief Hildebrand. You have been following the on-the-scene reports of your police force in action. Every voice, every sound has been real. Night Watch, brought to you through the cooperation of the Police Department of Culver City, California, is produced by Sterling Tracy and Jim Hedlock, with technical advice by Sergeant Ron Perkins, and is described in the field by police recorder Don Reed. This has been Case Closed. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You can find more from Nightwatch, Let George Do It, past episodes of Case Closed, thousands of other old-time radio episodes, and everything else Relic Radio. All at the website, relicradio.com. If you'd like to help support this and all of the shows, help keep them coming every week, you can do so through the website or visit donate.relicradio.com. Your support makes it all happen. It's to those who have helped out, thanks for joining me today. Be back next Wednesday with another episode of Case Closed. Case Closed.